Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Congested and the Giants have me all types of messed up, Mike. Oof, that was a, a rough way to end the Bay Bridge series or the, the second set of the Bay Bridge series. And, uh, you know, we weren't able to take home the little bridge trophy that they started giving out this year. So, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that we have a bigger trophy than maybe at the end of the year. Hopefully we can take home our fourth championship trophy. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, it is looking rough right now for us Giants. Whew. Um, they, they, I, I don't even know where to start. If if it, they're not hitting, they're not pitching. Uh, if they're pitching, they're not hitting. It, it's just <laughs> one bad thing causing another bad thing. And I two horrible letdown games in the last two game, days. And then you go prior back to the All-Star break, and they showed dominance in the first game, just like they did in this series. And the next two games, they just fall apart. And it's it's frustrating. It's disappointing, especially now after the All-Star break is over with and there's just not much time left to play. I, I don't know. And yeah, I think we came up on the 100-game mark. So we're looking, you know, we have about 60, 62 more games or so here. And, you know, Mike, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a big time. You know, our, our August and September runs, you know, that's usually when the Giants, when they did win the World Series, that's when they would get hot in those even years. So, if we're looking to make 2018 more of a 2010, 2012, 2014-esque instead of 2016, even if, you know, you know what, actually, Mike, if we were able to get to game five of the NLDS this year with where we are, I wouldn't be mad. So, I guess 2016 isn't even that bad to look at either. So, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's something that you know we're going to need to look. Like you said, we're not hitting at the right time, we're not pitching at the right time, and we do one of those things, and the other one doesn't come in. Or you know, today we had some clutch hits, and then boom, right away, give it right back to Chris Davis with a bomb. You know what I mean? It just uh, it's just tough. You know, McCutcheon to finally, finally come through clutch. You know, it feels like he hasn't had a clutch hit since he you know walked off from the Dodgers. You know, feels like a year ago, um, and you know, finally gets you know a huge go-ahead home run against a, a, one of our rivals, and it just felt like, oh, all right, we got it. And then I see Melanson in. And, Mike, I told you, too, I hadn't watched the game all day. I don't want to watch it. Last night's game pissed me off. I don't want to deal with this. And sure enough, I'm like, okay, I'm a selfish son of the, son of the gun, and I, I see the Giants are winning in the eighth inning. I'm like, all right, turn it on. First pitch. I, I kid you not, Mike. I kid you not. First pitch, Chris Davis absolutely destroys, destroys Mark Melanson's hung fastball. And when we, we said as a joke, you know, my buddies used to say, like, oh, man, he hung his fastball. If you, throw, if you throw a hung fastball in the major leagues, they will get absolutely destroyed. 
Yeah, and then earlier in the game, uh, Cueto hung his uh, curveball or slider or whatever that was at like 78 miles per hour. So Davis was just sitting there just, oh, okay, here it is, and just might as well put it on a string and hang it in front of him. And boom, I mean, he launched that like no other. Uh, and their first baseman, Olsen, also cranked out a big, big home run. It, it was oh yeah, it just home run city in Oakland today, and not and so like, much for the Giants. Yeah, exactly. Something that's funny, partner, is that or not funny, I guess, for Giants fans. But an interesting stat is I think Cueto, uh, you know, when he when he got on the DL, he had like a point eight five or point eight six ERA. He was doing fantastic, and he only allowed one home run. I think he had probably like seven. I forgot how many starts he had, but he had, he had you know a good seven plus starts he had only allowed one home run and then in the last i think two games he's pitched maybe three games he's already allowed seven so uh whatever you know whatever the numbers were it's just you know for him to give it one home run and then get hurt come back and now he's given up seven home runs it's uh not a number that we like to see increasing no no yeah you definitely want to stay away from the home run ball and you know what's interesting about cueto is that without giving up those home runs if you just take those home runs away He's not pitching too bad. I mean, he's he's pitching yeah. really well, but you, obviously you can't give up four runs in six innings, and and that's what he's doing. And it's just frustrating because he, he pitches well all the other other all the other batters, and then someone gets on base and boom, two run home run, and you know solo shot, and pretty soon there there's those four runs in six innings, and it's like how how do you how do you allow four runs when you're pitching so well? But somehow he always finds a way. Yeah, seriously. So what I wanted to do is sort of do a uh, pre or not preseason, but sort of halftime baseball all-star break uh, nod to the Giants and sort of do a you did well, but you didn't so well. So sort of our awards uh, given out to those that that earned them and those maybe the toilet bowl award to those that played like, well, you know, so um, why don't you go first? Why don't you, you give out your infield infield awards? Yeah, absolutely. So for, we, we said that, you know, we kind of joke we do wonders and wonders. So, Mike, for my infield wonder, I really wanted to go Crawford. I think you know he's one of my favorite Giants players. I think he probably is my favorite Giants player because I like to go a little bit more offbeat, uh, you know, Posey and Bumgarner, easy choices. But I'm um, the same way as music. You know, once someone gets too popular, okay, I hop to someone else. So this is really tough for me not to pick Crawford, but I'm going to pick Bannon Belt. He was playing like an MVP before his appendix decided to burst and kind of uh, burst our little bubble of maybe getting back in the first place at the time. Uh, so, you know, Belt, if you're looking at his stats before the All-Star break, in 81 games, he had 85 hits. So he's averaging more than, you know, one hit a game, which is awesome. He was batting 287. Uh, you know, he's pacing up, and he had 13 jacks, 16 doubles. So he's getting the extra bases. Uh, he had 42 walks, uh, which is good. You know, getting on base better. Uh, he's getting on base more. So Belt was somebody I really enjoyed watching, Mike. I still enjoy watching him, but he's not the same, you know, hot Belt that he was. Uh, however, we have talked about this. He's one of the most streaky guys that you'll ever see. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was, his uppercut was working for a little bit, then it kind of wasn't, and then it came back last night, and he just hit an absolute mammo. Uh, I think it was a 160, 130 feet high. I forgot how high the apex was of his home run last night. But, uh, that you know, that was the first hit and the first run for the Giants last night. So that was a huge one uh, for Brandon Belt. So, yeah, Belt's my wonder. Just the way he plays, Mike, the demeanor he has, uh, the confidence. Uh, I also want to congratulate him and his wife. Uh, they welcomed their son, August Belt. Uh, they named him uh, August, and then they nicknamed him Augie for, in honor of the great University of Texas coach, Augie Garrido, who was Brandon Belt's favorite coach and uh, one of the you know huge mentors in his baseball life. So that was pretty awesome. Now, we got all the sappy stuff out of the way. Let's go to our blunder. <laughs> all right, Mike. Now, I texted you that this guy, we kind of joked this is messed up because he's a former Gold Glove Award winner, but – I texted you that I was hoping during his rehab stints that he was getting lotion on his hands so it would be a little softer so he wouldn't have his hands as stones, uh, you know, at third base. 
so Evan Longoria, he's got to be my blunder, Mike. Uh, you know, he was batting, uh, what, 250 uh, before the All-Star break. Uh, he had eight. Uh, let's see, where is he? I mean, his stats aren't terrible, Mike. You know, he had, well, I think he was leading us in ribbies or something like that, or he was doing really well for a while in ribbies. Uh, he had, ten, you know, 10 home runs, 16 doubles. But, oh, man, just his consistent, you know, kind of shaking it on defense and then his weird at-bats where he's, you know, swinging at first pitch change-ups or chasing a curveball, you know, one-on-one, just – all over the place, Mike, and it really frustrates me as, you know, somebody that we really expected a lot more out of, or at least hoped, uh, you know, for what we traded for him and how we are, um, you know, going to be paying him in the next couple of years. Uh, he's definitely got to be a blunder. Uh, Mike, how about you? What do you think, partner? I mean, do you have any arguments with those two guys? Is there anything you see that, you know, perhaps, you know, you want to add on to those two guys? Yeah, so my my blunder is definitely, I agree with you, is uh, Evan Longoria. Not only is he hitting 246, but the errors, as you mentioned. So those are the two two standouts. Strikeouts 57 times in just 256 at bats. And you're right, his, his other hitting numbers aren't too bad. Like for instance, if you look at my wonder, uh, which is Brandon Crawford, you're looking at just six less doubles. Uh, Crawford had 22. You're looking at just as mount as home runs, and yep. you're five, looking at six five more less, RBIs. Yeah, uh, five more RBIs, and so you're you're almost looking at the same amount of stats that Crawford has put up in close to another hundred at bats. So if Longoria had another extra hundred bats, then you know we would be seeing a lot more progress, especially in that RBI department. That's that's yeah. just a huge huge number. Um, he might be close to twenty home runs right now, maybe seventeen. Uh, you know, so it's just that average and those errors. So when he comes back, maybe by Tuesday, that's what they're talking about. There, he's either going to have his last rehab on Tuesday, or he's going to be at back with the Giants on Tuesday. We'll see exactly how you know yeah, how he is. To- I was going to say, part, they're trying to get him in there on Tuesday because uh, he has a, a super good OPS against lefties, I believe. Uh, so we're facing the big maple, a.k.a. Mr. James Paxton, who is an absolute stud from Canada, pitching for the Seattle Mariners. So in our little two-game spin up there in Seattle at Pacific Northwest, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it really helped to have some power right-handed bats or someone up there. So they've been rehabbing him pretty strong. You know, Bochy was talking about, you know, it's not a leg injury, it's not a hand injury. So, you know, his, his endurance – his legs are just as, you know, fine. It's just now it's just the holding the bat and throwing the ball and, you know, kind of all those things, the the normal, you know, fielding the ball, throwing the ball, catching the ball, line drive, stuff like that. So, yeah, if we can get him back for Tuesday, Mike, it would be a big shot in the arm. And, you know, even though he is our blunder, he definitely is a piece that if we are to make the playoffs this year and sneak in as a wild card, uh, Longoria is really going to have to pick it up. Absolutely. Now, I have a question about Crawford for you before you give out your uh, outfield awards, and that's uh, – what, do you, what did you think of that last play against uh, the A's today? Did, did you think he misplayed that? Because to me, it looked like he didn't have to rush the ball the way he did, especially, um, you know, it would have been a close play at first anyway. So he, to me, he should have played back a little bit, fielded the ball, and then see what happens instead of just rushing at it and making the error that he did. I don't know if they counted it as an error. Maybe, probably not, but – it just looked like he misplayed that pretty bad. What, what's your uh, what's your take on that play? Yeah, partner, I, I very rarely criticize Crosby. Uh, I think he's an absolute wizard with the gloves. Uh, you know, I think my most exciting, the most exciting shortstop we've had since Vizquel, and even Vizquel was at the end of his career. So it just shows you, you know, the lack of talented shortstops we've had in the while. A little while, I guess he had a really good back in the day. But anyway, uh, you know, partner, I think he charged it too much. Like you said, uh, he treated it like a do or die play, like the bases were juiced or something like that. Uh, you know, we had first and second. Now, um, I will say I'm kind of upset that Bochi put him in tight block. I, I understand that he's gotten block warmed up the last couple of nights, and, you know, he wants to, you know, try to use him as much as he can to bridge it, you know, when it's not a safe situation or, you know, an opportunity for us to win the game. We're just trying to make it to the next inning. But, uh, you know, we had Will Smith up there, and I really thought that Will Smith would be a better option. He says a better stuff. Uh, he has a more, you know, kind of a livelier arm. Uh, you know, he's able to get guys out, uh, you know, a little – uh, he's able to mix it up a little more. I don't know. Block just doesn't impress me. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, Mike, and uh, I think he's 
he's too easy to hit at the major league level. He throws right in that perfect happy zone for the speed. So, uh, you know, I was kind of upset that Bloss was in there at such a critical point of the game, especially when he let up the double. Um, and then he, I think, so it was the double and then the, the intentional walk. And then, we, I don't know, just a bunch of guys on. And then he kept looking back and forth. He's doing this thing that, Mike, drives me absolutely crazy. When these pitchers, there's no way the guy's stealing third, right? Like, no way. He's not stealing third. It's, it's already known fact. But he's like, he double-checks. He'll, he'll do one look, two looks, and then he'll pitch. So when he's pitching, he's, his eyes are trying to move. He's throwing to Hunley, who's not nearly as good a receiver as Posey is for getting strikes. So, uh, overall, I, I would have liked to see a different pitcher on the mound. But when it comes to Crocker, I agree with you. I think he charged it too quickly. He could have waited back. And worst comes to worst, we eat it, and we still have the next guy to get out. Yeah, and that's what I, I – I really think he thought that – I mean, I, it's hard to speculate what someone thinks, but that's how he played the ball, like someone was on third and went out and having to make a play, and he didn't. And, you know, there's nobody behind him there because they're set for the play at second base, and no one could really cover. It, it was it was too, too, too much, I think. Um, now, for your outfielders, who do you got for your, your – uh, Wonders and blunders. Yeah, so this is kind of funny because uh, my wonder right now isn't doing that well, and our blunder is not on the team but might be coming back to the team. So that's kind of crazy. So Gorky Hernandez is going to be my wonder, uh, even though he's not doing that well as of late. If you look at his pre-All-Star break numbers, he was batting, let's see, 277. Uh, he had 30 ribby, 11 home runs, 11 doubles. Uh, only one triple. He like to see a little more triple, uh, you know, triples out of him, especially in the Giants' ballpark. But, um, you know, Gorky's just kind of been a spark plug uh, for a while until he started slumping off. Uh, he looked like he was a guy that was really setting the, you know, the table for the top of the order, our big boys that, you know, we usually count on for our RBI hits. So Gorky's is someone definitely that I enjoyed watching. I think that he was our wonder just because of the surprisingness. Uh, it'd be easier to pitch, uh, you know, pick McCutcheon, I, could, I should say. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a, you know, a trendier pick, or sorry, not a trendier pick, I just kind of like an easier pick. So I want to go a little trendier and go Gorky's on him. Uh, before I go, Mike, with my blunder, do you think Gorky's is a good fit for a wonder? I mean, I, I know you don't like McCutcheon and that we refer to him as McSucking sometimes, um, but you know, it was really tough for me. I, I was, you know, splitting hairs here. I was trying to think, but I still think that uh, Gorky's by the way of surprise and the way he came up has been more of a revelation than McCutcheon. Yeah, I, I really think that it has to be Gorky. He, he sort of, as you mentioned, he sort of slid down a little bit right before All-Star break, and he's not really picking it up. It doesn't doesn't seem – he's hitting 273. Uh, it doesn't really do much on, on base. He's stolen bases and those, and those kind of things. But he's been a really benefit in our outfield. He's played great defense in our outfield, and – that's I I'll take a 273 hitter with some pop. I, I don't know if he'll hit a home run again. I don't know because he hasn't hit one in so long. But um, you know it it he's definitely worth that those kind of uh, he's definitely worth the wonder I I believe and especially in our outfield where it's changed so much. We've had Pence and we've had Slater and we've had Williams and we've had all these different guys. So it really just comes down to two people. And that's Hernandez and McCutcheon. And uh, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm not a big fan of McCutcheon. As, <laughs> as you mentioned, I call him McSuckin. And uh, so I, I, I definitely agree with you that Hernandez should should be the wonder for our outfield. Yeah. And then for my blunder, Mike, I have Austin Jackson. And I'm not really – it's not even Austin Jackson's fault, I don't think, because we signed an aging player that hadn't been good in a couple of years. And, you know, we signed him to a $3 million a year contract for two years, right? So six, six over two. Um, and he, we kind of knew what we were getting, right? We're paying him replacement level money and you're going to get a pretty, you know, borderline replacement guy. You know, just, it's just not, not, nothing special. Uh, so the funny thing is, though, Mike, that we might get Austin Jackson back. There's speculation about us and the Red Sox are the top two teams looking to add him. I believe the, uh, when we traded him to the Rangers, they just wanted the prospect. So we got our cash considerations back and uh, Texas is on the rest of the hook, uh, the hook for the rest of his contract. So there's a possibility that we could pull another Pablo Sandoval and trade somebody, get some stuff back, and then re-sign him once they're released or designated for assignment. Uh, you know, so it, that could be something, but 
in reality, I don't really see where Austin Jackson would fit. So, you know, it was a great article from the McCovey Coves, uh, you know, uh, I think the little online site. But at the same time, I don't really see uh, a fit for him. I'd rather keep Slater and, you know, other guys. I got other guys that are coming back up um, and starting to finally do well. Um, you know, it, it's tough because, you know, at, at one point, you know, on one hand, we want the experience that Austin Jackson brings. But on the other hand, you know, do you really want to put, put him in there over Duggar or – Slater or, you know, Gorkis or other guys that have shown that they could do, you know, something with the bat or even Pence. I mean, good God, Pence is finding a way to hit all these squibs and, you know, broken bat singles. There's, you know, God knows 14 hoppers that 100 miles per hour off the bat in the left field. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's tough to envision Austin Jackson coming back. Now, partner, who do you Yeah. Uh, I think we, oh. might agree, we might agree on the on the Gorkis, but, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh yeah, uh, we we did agree with with Gorky's on on the wonder and the blunder for me, um, as mentioned, is McSucken and yeah, he did hit a home run, a clutch home run today. So I'm definitely going to give him credit for that. It's just all the other stuff that is on top of it. It's his really poor average. It's his defensive liabilities out there. It's the fact that. Gorky's has 11 home runs and he only has 10. Um, you name it, it's it's just been. And put it this way, Gork, right now Gorky's has 11 home runs, right? And Hernan and McCutcheon has nine. And when you're looking at how many at bats, there's close to 100 more bats than McCutcheon has over over Hernandez. That's how bad that is. It's it's, it's yeah. Plus. Strikeouts, 91 strikeouts compared to Hernandez's 90, 76. 93 after today. Oh, after today, 93. No. So he's almost at 100 yeah. strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, that's, not, that's not what we're looking for out of our three hitter. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and exactly, he's our three hitter. So, uh, oh yeah, my, we're gonna real, have to real quick. Deal with... Yeah, um, it's totally brought to me up. I, I know uh, you and I are always, you know, sending each other, you know, memes or little stats back and forth on Instagram. Um, I just want to just have nothing to do with the Giants, but Joey Votto, good God. I mean, he's popped out seven times in his, uh, in his career, I believe. He's literally popped the ball up seven times. You know what I mean? It, it's unreal. Uh, he's never wow. popped out to first base, the catcher, or the pitcher. So stats like that just shows you how many good at-bats Votto has, and he's still right. a guy that's going to strike out very minimally. You know what I mean? So then you see like that, and you're thinking, like, hey, McCutcheon isn't that much bigger or if at all bigger than Votto. Why does he swing so big? You know what I mean? I understand that it's, you know, do or die. But when you have 93 Ks and only 10 home runs, I mean, that's not really numbers you're looking at. You know what I mean? That's not what you're looking for. It's not – and even Longoria, he has 57 Ks. I mean, yeah, granted, he's missed a ton of games. But you get the point, right? He's just like, oh, man, like, you know, really, like, oh, we need we need more contact out of McCutcheon. Yeah, easy. And – and that 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 was really bad when when we had McCutcheon and Longo going and McCutcheon will strike out and then the next batter Long, Longo would strike out and it would just be like all the Giants were striking out each and every we, we've had less of that luckily but when Longo comes back we're gonna get all that back again so um, I'm not yeah. looking forward to that at all. No. Not now, at all. What about your starting pitchers? Who who do you have there? Oh, you know, this is tough because, you know, I really want to we, – we, you know, you're not talking, you know, do we go Suarez? Do I go uh, Rodriguez? You know, how do we go about it? Oh, you know what? I am going to pick Rodriguez just because I was always a huge fan of Pudge. Uh, I know that's funny. Uh, it kind of sounds strange, but – you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of his father, and I know that, you know, he doesn't want to be known as his father's son, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, just the way that Rodriguez has handled the ball, uh, he, the way he talked about this as well, like uh, his demeanor, you know what I mean? He has that demeanor. He has, you know, he has that, that way about him where he's just like, you know, he, oh, man, he's just, he's there. You know, he's going to give you everything he has. He's going to throw, you know, he's going to try to locate, he's try to throw hard. Uh, all, all these really, you know, all these things that you want to see out of a young, up-and-coming, you know, young gun. So I would say that my wonder is going to be Rodriguez just a tad bit over Suarez. I mean, you know, it's really split hands. Those guys are both doing fantastic, um, you know, it, relatively speaking. So, you know, it's really something that you can't argue. Uh, but, 
yeah, that's, that's tough because, you know, I, I really – I didn't know how to choose between the two of those. Uh, Partner, who do you have before I go to my blunder? Because I have a pretty good feeling that you and I have the same blunder. Uh, who do you have for your wonder, Partner? Uh, for for my wonder, it's it's definitely Rodriguez, just because of all the things you mentioned and the fact that here's this kid who just comes on the scene and plays like a, a veteran, a straight out veteran, and uh, every time he's out there is he's just cool and gets the out and does everything. He has five wins in eight games. Um, that he started, so he's like out there winning every single game with the 2.7 ERA. He, he's just, he just. I, I, I really hope that this continues because if it does, we really have a special pitcher um, in Rodriguez. Yeah, and partner, a funny thing I'm just looking at right now: the top three uh, guys that have you know the lead our team in wins. So number one, pretty funny. Stratton has eight wins, and he's not even in our rotation or on our team anymore uh, or in the major leagues. Uh, then we have Ty Block coming in at second with six wins. And then at third, we have a tie between Maranta, or one of our bullpen guys, and Holland, who is also now a bullpen guy. So you really don't have any of your top pitchers in the top four for wins. Now, granted, Cueto, Bum, and Shark have been hurt for a majority of the year, you know, off and on or whatnot. But it, it still goes to show you, like, oh, wow, you know, we really – oh, I'm sorry, Rodriguez also has five wins. So I shorted him there, so he's also up there. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, man, it's, it, it's tough. You know, it's something – you know, it's kind of it's scary – uh, you know, when your top dogs aren't performing well. Um, yeah, and that leads us to our blunder, and that's got to be Shark for me. Uh, I don't know about you, partner, but Shark's 1-5, 6-2-5 URA, um, you know, really not doing that well. His arm, you know, is, it doesn't loosen up. He's not locating his, his off speed, and when he does throw his fastball, he's either missing by 40 feet or it's just going right down Broadway and getting hit. You know, if he throws it at 93, okay, it's getting hit over the fence at 110. So, uh, shark, shark's definitely got to be a guy that you know I, I'm not a uh, I, I'm not a uh, not a fan of this year. Unfortunately, I really thought he'd come back, but he has 26 walks to only 30 strikeouts. Uh, you know, he's let up. Let's see how many home, six home runs and six uh, sorry ten starts. You know, it's just oh man, he, he's he's it's been tough to watch him. And what do you think, Mike? Do you, am I am I a little crazy here, or am I pretty on? No, I actually have him as my my blunder too, uh, right with Madison Bumgarner, uh, which is really tough to say, but he just, he just hasn't, Madison Bumgarner really just hasn't been himself at all since he's come back. He's pitches some good innings and he's dominant at times, but he always, he just doesn't look like himself. There's just something wrong, uh, whether there's, there's, um, you know, a small issue, some, some small pain going on. I don't know what it is, but in nine games, he's only won three and he's lost three. His ERA is not too bad at 3.1, so there's there's that. Um, and he's pitched 53 innings in, in nine starts, so he, he he's looking at like seven, six innings with a start, which is not normally him either. So it's just off, and uh, I, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. What, what do you think? Do you see something that that is different about him, or do you think he just needs, I don't know, I guess more time to to get back to the mound and get used to, you know, pitching since, you know, he he had all that time off? You know what it is, Mike? Uh, I think, I don't, I don't know if it was Krug who called it out or maybe Kite, but one of, those tele, one of the guys on the telecast they're mentioning that uh, a pitcher of Baumgartner's pedigree, you know, someone with his stats and his lineage, you know, the way he just absolutely dominated uh, during the World Series run and continued to dominate after as one of the premier pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, he felt, uh, I think it was tight, he felt that he was, uh, Baumgartner was getting squeezed uh, in the game that he walked five A's players. I think it was the most walks he's ever done in his life. And also it broke the streak. He had 89 starts in a row with five innings or more pitched. Uh, which was a San Francisco record, uh, but then that broke, unfortunately, so he couldn't get to number 90. But, you know, Mike, it's his fastball. It looks like it's fastball. He's not able to locate it as well. So uh, a lot of times when you expect him to go fastball, he's having to throw a slider. And, you know, that might be good and all when you fool the hitter, but if you're not hitting your spot, then it's easy to take a slider. You know what I mean? You see it sideways out of the hand, and it comes, you know, breaks way outside or – 
you know, you see it, you know, kind of like copying over and kind of sinking there. It's just he doesn't seem to have the same pinpoint accuracy that he had uh, in the years past where he was able to put the ball right where Posey wanted it and not even move Posey's glove. So that's something that I would like to see fixed uh, in the next, you know, let's see, maybe two or three starts before I really start sounding the alarm. But, uh, you know, yeah, his location, he needs to be able to find a spot. Uh, you know, he's missing too many times right in the middle of the plate or, you know, he's walking guys that usually, you know, hey, you don't ever want to walk those guys. So that's a, it's a little tough to swallow as a Giants fan and as a mad bum absolute lover. Yeah, me too. And it's just disappointing. It's, I mean, it's hard to call him a blunder, but it, it, as far as his skill set, uh, I mean, right now, like you, as you mentioned in one of your texts, you said that uh, Cueto and Bumgarner um, are just getting, you know, rocked, and and there are one and two pitchers, and I'm like, well, yeah, that they are, but really, Suarez and Rodriguez are number one and two pitchers because they're out pitching them by far. So that that's how that's you know the reason why I I put Bumgarner as a blunder is because uh it, they're getting out pitched, he's getting out pitched by both Rodriguez and Suarez. And and it's a consistently being outpitched by those two players. So there you go. I mean, I I, I don't I can't say anything. I mean, wondrous about Bumgarner. So he's a blunder. Yeah, hard to argue that. Now, so, Mike, for my 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 bullpen wonder, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead here because I'm gonna be a jackass and steal the best player because uh, it's super easy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Maranta. I think you and I probably will agree on that. Uh, maybe you have somebody else, but for me, it's been Maranta. Uh, you could argue that Holland, out of the you know asking him to switch after being a starter for his whole career, basically, uh, has been a revelation. But uh, Maranta, you know, he's five and one. He's coming to huge games. His uh, whip is. 0.99, so right under one, which is awesome. You like to see, you know, less than one hit or walk per inning. So not too many base runners. He's only allowed one, 11 runs, so he has a 1.8 ERA and over 47 games. Uh, you know, he really has, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of potential. He throws pretty hard. He does ha- he does get a little wild sometimes, so it does scare me a little bit. But you know, Moranza definitely has the ability to turn it on and be a closer type pitcher. Uh, you know, when he's on. He does have 24 walks to 51 strikeouts, so you'd like to see that uh, total dropped a lot. That's, I mean, that's the most walks by any reliever we have by far. Uh, so that's something we can hopefully see uh, worked on. But, you know, he's definitely got to be my wonder. Uh, Mike, did I steal him for you? Or was that your same wonder, or do you have another guy out of the pen? You know, I, I really thought Maranta right on, but I wanted to go with somebody – I was like, okay, well, definitely I think Maranta is obvious one. And so I'm like, well, who's not so as obvious? And I went with Watson. And granted, he's, he's sort of like Forky, where they're on the same slide together. Like right before All-Star break, they both have been <laughs> sliding. Then they come after All-Star break, and they still are sliding down. And I, I think Watson definitely needs some time, uh, five or six more days uh, before they put him out there. Maybe put him on the 10-day DL and just let him rest because he is just getting raked and it, it's not good. But but before that, we're, we're talking 44, 44 in a third inning and he has 46 strikeouts, uh, ERA of two. Um, he... He had three save opportunities, didn't commit one, so that's not great. But just everything he's done in, in the innings and his split, 46 strikeouts and nine walks, I mean, those splits are just remarkable. So exactly. he's come to the Giants and just dominated up until All-Star break. So without a doubt, he's my wonder. Uh, I also got to give a nod to Holland as well, just because yeah. even though even – though he didn't have like the greatest start. He turned that around and really became a consistent, solid pitcher. And he's also doing everything the Giants asked him to do, whether it's start his spot start or it's bullpen relief, and he's doing great in the bullpen or whatever it may be. He's out there and he's doing it. He brings a lot of levity to the locker room, and uh, even though he might not have the greatest numbers, like a 4.06 ERA. He's still doing 
a lot for the team, and that's all you can really ask for. Uh, and I love him coming him out of the bullpen. He's just really dominant, uh, more dominant than he was starting. So um, I got to give that nod to to Holland as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to argue. Uh, now, Mike, my blunder. I think you and I probably will be on this as well. It's going to be Mr. Strickland. Uh, you know, it'd be easier to pick some other guys. You know, I've kind of messed up as well. Melanson, you can't blame that much. He's coming back from a weird injury. Yeah, he'd have a save for a full calendar year. Sam Dyson's kind of on the downside of his career anyway. So, even though he's been our pitcher that's been in the most games, I think he's appeared in 48 games. Uh, you know, I got to go Strickland, Mike. Just punching the wall, just not thinking with his head. You know, knowing that we have bullpen issues. He's, uh, you know, last year he was a, uh, you know, head case as well. You know, with the whole Harper stuff and everything. So it's just, uh, he's he's a mess. So he's my blunder for sure. What do you think, Mike? Is he does he uh, qualify as your blunder? Yeah, he he's definitely a qualifier. There's no doubt. Just punching the wall is a qualifier. But I wanted yeah. to go with someone a little bit different, and I wanted to go with Corey Guerin. And he, obviously, he's not with the team anymore. So you know, I wish him the best wherever he goes, except for when he's playing against the Giants. But he's absolutely just <laughs> was god awful. Uh, every time he come out there. He tried to get a ground ball out, and that's what he was out there for. He'd allow in a run. It, he had a 4.2 ERA before his <laughs> I was going to say, he has a good San Francisco ERA, 420. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Not what you want from right? the pitcher, though. That's what you want from the fans in the stands, not for the, the guy on the mound in the eighth inning. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Someone who's supposed to be getting ground balls is allowing 4.2 earned runs. So, yeah, not so good. And uh, giving up five jacks, you know, that's you know, in 30 innings. Just just awful, awful, awful. Um, I do appreciate the follow, Mr. Garen, so thank you if you're listening. Um, and, um, and so, um, yeah, I, I not with the team anymore, but definitely someone that just deserved to be traded. Uh, Mike, I'm gonna I want to venture out here a little bit. So you know, we talked about all our players and our wonders and wonders so far. We haven't talked much about the coaching staff, and that's tough. Uh, you know, we we kind of understand that Bochy's nearing the end of his tenure here. He is getting tired. I think he's at 11 or 12, maybe 10 years, 11 years. I forgot what he's at. But um, you know, the, the famous Bill Walsh, uh, the 49ers, great great coach. Uh, he always said that you have about 10 years before the players start to tune you out. So if that's true, Bochi is coming towards the you know the end of his you know listening or the the listening he receives. Uh, a lot of times, like the thing that bothers me uh, that I see with Bochi now is uh, maybe it's Kurt Young because Rags didn't seem to do this at all. But they go out there and they talk to a pitcher when it's like a two and zero count. You know what I mean? Like instead of going out there, uh, you know, right before the batter, like obviously the guy's rattled. Like they let the guy walk to people like Bumgarner. And then they go out and they talk when it's a one or no count. Like, dude, he's in the middle of an at-bat. Like, he's working. Like, don't stop his momentum. Don't stop his rhythm. Don't, you know, freeze up his arm. Like, let these guys pitch through the batter. Like, if you want to talk to them, talk to them in between batters when everything's fresh. Take a deep breath and then go attack the guy with a new, you know, a, a clean slate. A clean slate. Instead of having to, you know, okay, the pitching coach left. I'm frazzled and it's 2 and 0. Now I have to make a pitch. You know, things like that. It's really, uh, really it's been bothering me a lot lately. So, if, you know, Maybe keep an eye off of that, Mike. We can talk about that in the next couple of podcasts. But it's something that seems like it happens a lot of times when they come out in the middle of an at-bat, and I feel like it's just absolutely terrible timing. Yeah, I don't get it either. If you really want to disrupt the pitcher, come out and break his concentration. That's always a good idea. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what they're doing. You know, they're, they're settled in, they're pitching, and then you come in with two strikes. It's just sort of like uh, pulling a batter out with – two balls and in a, in a strike, you know, it's like, okay, well now, you know, we're going to pinch it for you, even though you have two balls and a strike. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so I totally hear you on that. That It's totally weird and totally just something that shouldn't be done, especially at a consistent basis that, that like it's happening. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's something I'd like to see change a little bit. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, uh, nitpick at the coaching staff and they've been given so many injuries and such an expensive team that doesn't really perform up to the payroll. Uh, so, you know, it's really hard to pass the buck to them. But at the same time, the first person to go is always the coaching staff. 
or the, the manager and then the coaching staff, right? That usually seems to be the, the case when it comes to getting the axe and looking for a, you know, a, a new way to start over a new uh, little momentum turner for the team. Yeah, and it's like what the coaches always say, the, the cliche, you know, I've been hired to be fired. And yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's why you don't see coaches, unless you're maybe a Pittsburgh Steelers coach or something, where you, you basically <laughs> hey, once you're hired, you're you're there until you retire. So, yeah, <laughs> right. It's like it was like the Cardinals. I mean, I, we talked about this a couple. I think two weeks ago, or a week ago, when Lucini got fired, I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, you know, in my life, I've only known two Cardinals coaches, right? It's Larusa and Lucini for me. So I've you know, for me, it's like those are the Pittsburgh Steelers of baseball. It's like you don't really know any other coach. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, you have this one guy, and unless he retires, you know, like Tower, you're really you're not going to get a new coach. Or like LaRusso, you know, those guys both retired. But, you know, those are, uh, those are tough ones. Hey, Mike, uh, something I wanted to point out. I made a mistake uh, maybe like two months ago. So when the Cardinals came to town and I said that the Cardinals, um, the Cardinals GM had a DUI in San Francisco, I don't know if we talked about this on air, but if we did, oh, yeah. I right. mistakenly said, the, I thought it was the Cardinals of baseball, uh, thinking, you know, hey, they're in San Francisco, it makes a ton of sense, it's 4th of July weekend. It was actually the Arizona Cardinals of football. Uh, so while it does help my, you know, nationally, or my NFC West 49ers, it doesn't help the Giants whatsoever. So, uh, super random, but I, I just realized that a couple of weeks ago when I was reading articles, uh, it was, uh, yeah, the guy, you know, he um, he, he uh, was called pleaded, you know, guilty and whatnot, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, oops, wrong Cardinals. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's where uh, it gets a little tricky. So maybe Bleacher Report next time could specify which Cardinals it is. Yeah. So we which know. Cardinals, uh, right. You know, right, I know who the hell I'm talking about or, you know, my, who I'm, uh, what's it called, slandering. <laughs> Yeah, and it's easy to do, especially, well, like in the NFL. I mean, when you have the Cardinals, and then you also have the Giants as well. Yeah. So it's it's an easy thing to do when you can mix both, not only the Cardinals and the Giants. But I I think that's cool that you recognize that, you know, you want to correct that. So um, that's pretty honorable. Kind of a random fact as well. The only reason I knew that there was a Jets team in the NHL, I think it's the Winnipeg Jets, something like that. I was watching it, and it's like, it was like, you know, the Jets had two point or two, you know, it said two on the score ticker. But I'm like, oh, shit, the Jets, you know, the Jets got a safety. And then I look, and I'm like, wait, okay, that's the wrong score. And then I realized, like, how, how is it two to one? I was like, okay, what, the other team just gets an extra point without any touchdown? You know, I was like, how do you do that? So that was actually the only way I even knew, you know, I'm not a big hockey guy, unfortunately. It's kind of messed up with me, but I just never have been into hockey. Uh, it was kind of funny that, you know, the Jets were the only way I knew that they were a new team is because of the New York Jets, and the New York Jets are god-awful. But when you play fantasy football and have as much, you know, gambling action as I do on every game, the Jets are very relevant for the over-under. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, for sure. And then you have the Sharks, who you know, always seem to be a playoff team but never go anywhere with it. Yeah, right. And it's tough. I try to get into it. You know, I try. To, I always try to hype up local teams. You've got to love the Bay Area sports. Uh, love, you know, it's so much passion in this area. But, man, it's tough for me. Yeah, it's tough for me to get behind the Sharks. And, you know, it always seems like they're always playing in the middle of, a, you know, a better a better season, which is messed up. But there's always basketball, baseball, or football going on. Um, well, actually, which brings me to my, another point, Mike. So, I actually had um, this, what was it, this past Wednesday were the ESPYs. Uh, and the ESPYs, that's the one day, they have it on the one day there's no professional sports event in America, uh, the four major sports. So there's no baseball because it's the all-star break the day after the all-star game. Um, there's no football, there's no basketball, there's no hockey. Uh, and everybody can say, oh, what about the day before the all-star game? Okay, well, you have home run derby and you have all these stupid things, so that still counts. But, yeah, the Wednesday, you know, it's the, the dead day uh, that was the ESPYs. Uh, this past Wednesday, and I'll be honest, Mike, it was the, the worst ESPYs I've seen ever. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's kind of messed up. Um, but, you know, it was just, you know, something that's kind of interesting that, you know, in this time, it's really just baseball. You know what I mean? Like, you have just baseball. My dad and I were at the, a restaurant today watching sports, and, you know, we're, we're watching this, like, you know, $2 million, it was on ESPN, it was like the $2 million, you know, championship uh, challenge or whatever, where the Ohio State, you know, former team was playing this, like, pickup league for $2 million. I don't know. It's this weird thing. But it's just like, dude, like, you don't have East Coast baseball we can toss on instead. Like, what the hell are we watching over here? You know, I'm not trying to be mean, but you're watching these guys airball and brick, you know, all these bang shots. Like, okay, that's cool and all, but I don't want to watch, you know, this rec league or, like, basically the big three league of basketball when there's baseball season. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like watching the CFL when they're in the NFL going on. <laughs> oh, don't get me started, partner. The CFL is <laughs> crazy, man. That that eight eight yards of wider field, or whatever the hell it is. He's like, dude, how how is he going to keep running sideways? You know what I mean? Like, you're like he's never going to hit the corner. They're like, oh, okay, he has four extra yards on each side of the field. That's twelve feet on each side, right? It's like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> a lot of stretch. You see a lot of stretch runs, I guess. <laughs> It's crazy, yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like, huh? I don't understand what the heck. This is football. What the heck? So yeah, I, I get you. What 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 uh? What made the SB so bad? I didn't see it, but it was just out of your out of curiosity, what? Why you you thought it was so bad? You know, recently it's become it's turned to more like you know the whole roasting thing is really fam- uh, famous. I think it was like was it James Franco's roast was like one of the bigger roasts that like really started everything getting going. So. Uh, I think Drake did it last year. I can't stand Drake for personal reasons, but uh, Drake did it last year, and he's roasting on everybody. And then Danica Patrick did it this year, and she's roasting on everybody. But it was just like the way she was roasting or the way she was, you know, making fun of all these sports players, it was just like uh, it wasn't as funny as it could have been. And it seemed like uh, this year's all the awards, they weren't really – it wasn't fun. It wasn't, you know, they used to make it way more fun, and you had all these guys, you know, super into it, and, you know, everybody, like, all my, sorry, I mean, all my buddies were always super into it, and now, you know, my buddies were like, eh, I'm not really trying to watch it, and I was really excited. I was like, no, 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 we got to watch the SBs. we got to watch the SBs. I had a little party at my house with my buddies, and we're watching it, and all of us were like, dude, she's not that funny. This isn't entertaining, you know, no offense, but, you know, I don't really care about, you know, these certain stories or these, like, certain, you know, uh, teams that are getting the chance to win the award you know, most inspirational team or, you know, best comeback. And it's just – and then also on top of it, they weren't choosing the teams that we wanted. <laughs> you know, like I thought the best game of mm. the year by far was game five of the World Series between the Astros and Dodgers. Uh, we're just like home run after home run after huge hit after huge hit. And uh, I, I forgot which game got chosen over that. But it was just like uh, – really, is like, come on. I like game – like, it was – yeah. It, it was just uh, – it was a huge letdown because of the way that the teams were picked. It seemed like it was a lot more um, – a lot more of the hipster fans kind of choosing like the U.S. you know U.S. Uh, you know hockey women's hockey team or something like that. And kudos to the U.S. women's hockey team for doing fantastic. But at the same time, you know that was um, you know that was like a yeah, channel you have to pay for. Like I want to know like you know hey well, who are the main the headliners? You know what I mean? Like okay let's see you know Baker Mayfield blowing that game against Georgia or something like that. You know what I mean? That was a huge game. Right? That should have been like one of the better games or the Game Five of the World Series or. Uh, the or the Vikings versus the Saints in the playoffs. You know, there's way, way better options, I think. Uh, and that is, like, I'm not trying to be sexist whatsoever because those are all male sports. Uh, but it just seemed like those were better choices than a lot of the, you know, U.S. Uh, hockey team or college basketball, the Notre Dame, uh, the females uh, team from Middle, Notre Dame, which is awesome. They had some crazy buzzer beaters. But at the same time, I was just trying to see, uh, you know, a few more sports that I guess interested me in a selfish way. I see what you're saying, and that makes sense. It's it's sort of to the fact of, uh, you know, it, it, it has a lot more tension, especially if, you know, we're talking World Series and, and those kind of things, and, you know, woman's badminton or whatever that won. Yeah, you know, kudos for to that team who, who won for the women's badminton, but, you know, game five of the World Series is just a little bit more important, and if that game is really exciting <laughs> and nominated, you might want to go with that over. So it seems like almost like, I mean, I hate to use this term, but and because I am a liberal, but it seems like they over-liberalized the show. Absolutely, and I, I totally agree. I don't know, I didn't, you reworded that perfectly. I didn't know how to say that, but yeah. I think, yeah, everybody probably understands that you and I are, left coast kind of liberals over here. Um, Yeah, it it was, you know, it's tough because on one hand you want to see just the best of the best, right? So it doesn't matter, you know, what your gender is or how you, you know, how you see yourself or, you know, how you uh, claim, you know, everything. It's just you want to see the best of the best. And I feel that a couple of these, you know, things were overblown because just because it was women's sports. You know, I do think that women's sports need way more attention and they should be paid way more money for how incredible uh, and how athletic they are, you know, the, the things they do. But at the same time, like you said, uh, you know, baseball or football, those are just, you know, like those are just millions and millions of people are watching it. I think the Game 5 of the World Series set a record for the most views, you know, in a World Series game ever. You know what I mean? So it's like games like wow. that, like, ooh, 
you know, that touched so much of America. So many people saw that. And no offense to the U.S. women's hockey team for what, you know, but it's like, dude, I didn't see anything of that. I didn't even see that on my freaking Bleacher Report ticker. You know, that's how bad it was. So uh, I feel terrible. But, yeah, I was kind of bummed that a lot of these, you know, and for us, you know, seeing the Dodgers lose, like, come on. You know, on the West Coast, you know, up here in NorCal, that's like freaking Christmas for us. If the Giants aren't in the World Series, and the Dodgers are, and they lose, oh, pff, pretty much like we won it. Exactly, exactly. And they totally, <laughs> that, that's how I looked at it, too. I never became a, a, an Astros fan until last year during the World Series, and boy, was I ever a fan of the Houston Astros. All right, I, I think I told you this, partner. I went and bought a hat. I was just like, yeah, hey, I'm going all out. I mean, I'm not. I bought a hat from one of the old uh, mid-2000 hats where they had, like, that little uh, star. That's it they had on the uh, on the hat with the, one of the, the old teams. They had a Bagwell and Biggio and Beltran and Berkman. Uh, I think you had, uh, you know, uh, Wagner was their closer, Roy Oswell, a pitcher. I mean, they had such a uh, – Hidalgo, one of their outfielders. They had such a fun team to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. And, they, you know, they lost – I think they lost to the Chicago White Sox in 2005. They got their asses kicked, uh, I think it's 4-1. to one. But anyway, you know, that was just a great team. So, for them to come, you know, beat the Dodgers in seven games, that was just absolutely phenomenal in my mind. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of which, you were talking about the the White Sox. That was coach – I can't remember the name of that coach, but he, he quickly disappeared. He was – do you remember who – do you remember who I'm talking about? Um, uh, not Ozzie Guillen. Was it Ozzie Guillen or, or no? Was that before him? Jose Guillen. Was it Ozzy Guillen? Let me look it up. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, he did really fall, fall off, huh? Yeah, he went to – I think he went to Florida or Miami or whatever na- name that the Marlins were at that time. And, um, yeah, so yeah, 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 it was Ozzy yeah, Guillen. And, yeah, oh, wow. he signed that team. I, I didn't know they swept him. I thought the Astros got at least one win. Wow, okay. Oh, they, I I did too. I thought it was four to one. It was uh, four to nothing. Four zero. Yeah, they took care of them. Just kicked it out. <laughs> and Nationals were good that year too. They, they I don't yeah. know the NLCS, but they they dominated. Yeah, they, they the, uh, yeah, they. I think they had a huge NLCS victory against the Cardinals. They'd always been stuck against the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals lost to the Red Sox the year before, so. It was kind of funny because the two uh, AL Sox teams, the Red Sox and then the White Sox, won it back-to-back. And not only did they win it back-to-back, but they both broke their curses. So the Red Sox broke the curse of the Bambino, and then the White Sox broke the, whatever you want to call it, the Black Sox scandal, the Black Sox scandal uh, curse, you could say. Yep. And the Cubs won. Who's oh. the oldest team now? The longest team uh, the without Indians. a title. Uh, well, so it's the longest drought is the Indians, but I don't think the Padres have ever won it. The Mariners have never won it. Uh, who's another team that's been around for a while? Yeah, those are the two teams I know for sure that have been around since like the 60s-ish, maybe a little later, 70s, uh, that haven't won it. Uh, so those are yeah, those are a couple of teams that have had a tough one. I know uh, Seattle hasn't been to the playoffs in over 18 years or something like that, so that's another pretty big job. Uh, but, yeah, I think for the, the longest World Series drought, I think it's the Cleveland Indians. And the last time, let's see, the Indians went in, uh, didn't they go in 07? I think they got the, I think they lost to the Rockies, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, 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 wait. The Indians, Mike, this is a crazy story. So in 07, the Indians were up 3-2 to two on the Red Sox. They had a dead to rights for ALCS, and then they lost the next two games, and the Red Sox went on and kicked the, sh- uh, the crap out of the Rockies. So that was 2007. That was the last time the Indians, you know, besides the Cubbies won, you know, the last time that they were super close. Uh, and the Indians, I mean, they have, they have some bad luck. Like, they, they lost the, the, crazy, you know, the crazy Cubs World Series in Game 7 where it went extra innings. That was awesome. Uh, for Cubs fans, I hated it, but that was awesome for Cubs fans. Uh, they lost. Uh, they had barely lost to the Red Sox. I think they would have easily beat uh, the Rockies in 07. Then uh, I think they're the ones that got walked off by Edgar Renteria and the 1997 Marlins. And then they also, in 1954, they lost to the yep. New York Giants when Willie, Willie Mays made the crazy over-the-basket you know, the, the catch or the over-the-shoulder catch that he you know, popularized uh, off of Vic Worth's bat. So, yeah, it seems like the Indians are always on the wrong side of World Series history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
yeah, every time they're in, they're they just yeah, they just don't get it done. I don't even know where where, to happen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So everything's waiting on them to, and they don't really have a curse or or anything else like you know the Cubs did and the Red Sox and you know White Sox as you mentioned, and so they're just a bad team, I guess. Yeah, it's can't. Yeah, these poor guys. It looks like this year too. They are in first place and was very, very weak AL Central. Uh, but you know, in my mind, there's no way in hell to get past the Astros, the Red Sox, or the Yankees. So those are the top three teams in the AL that will for sure at least one of them will be in the ALCS. Well, the way the A's are playing, who knows? And they might not oh even get past them. Oh my god! Seriously, right? So frustrating, Mike. I mean. My mom, I was talking to my mom today, you know, you know, like, oh, she's like, oh, I hate the A's more than the Dodgers just because our family, you know, her family's all A's fans and she married a Giants fan. So my poor mother is now torn in between and our group texts and everything are just brutal between everybody just talking trash to the Giants. So uh, it's just funny, you know, so right now it's like, oh, the last thing I want to hear from all my buddies, all my, all my, you know, buddies are A's fans. So it's just like, oh, man. But yeah, it's if you're captain and they're playing hell of baseball. I think in the last 10 series, they're 9 0 and 1. So we haven't lost a series in 10, 10 series. So, you know, it's over a month of baseball where they haven't lost a series. So that's, that is a hard team to beat. I mean, the Giants did come back twice against one of the best bullpens, uh, but we did lose both those games back to back. It's just frustrating, Mike, that we took game one of both series and then we lost the next two so those are pretty uh you know pretty crappy ways to go into either all-star break or uh to our road trip up north yeah both both entering and exiting it's been disastrous and something that that you should not have happened um they really should have swept the a's this series and maybe took taken one out of the last series and so it's it's definitely frustrating. What what do you think the Giants need to do to sort of get over the top? We have I think like four minutes, so um, just maybe a quick yeah. assessment on your part that they need to do. I mean, overall, I think we need to uh, we need to change up the lineup again. Uh, I think when we first moved Posey to the two slot and the catcher to the three slot, it kind of sparked a little bit. So maybe Longo coming back will help us a little bit. Put Longo like in the six hole maybe, or like move. Uh, uh, Panic's supposed to be coming back eventually, but I don't know how high I want to put him in the order. Um, but, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe talk some other people around. Maybe move Posey back to the four spot and keep McCutcheon three. Uh, put, I mean, this is, this is crazy talk, but put, like, Pence second. I don't know. Like, you, you, we need to mix it up. We need to find something, find an order, find a table setter, uh, you know, something that's going to work for us. Uh, I, I love Duggar. I love his approach. I love his doubles, but uh, he also – having a rookie that just came up as our leadoff man as we try to make a playoff push with the second most expensive payroll is a little scary. So I'd like to see a better table setter as well. So I don't know, though, but with uh, our lack of prospects and our huge payroll and it doesn't seem like we're going to be a World Series contending team this year, I don't really see us making a huge blockbuster trade for a Carlos Beltran or a Hunter Pence, you know, like guys in the past that we try to get. So Hopefully we find ourselves, you know, someone that kind of falls into our lap or we get like a Cody Ross that can hit some, for some power and kind of get us going. But, yeah, like, I, I think that our top of the order, one through four, needs to be shaken up a little bit because those guys uh, don't seem to be doing uh, enough as, you know, their potential uh, should allow them to. Yeah, we, we definitely need someone with – maybe Morse is available. I, I, it, maybe <laughs> we should see where he's at and, and give him a call and say, and see if he's interested or not. Yeah, seriously, right? See how some catches healing up from the Bryce Harper fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think that's their biggest change. If, if, but I agree with you. I don't think we're going to do anything this, this off season or the, the during trade line. I, I, I'd be very surprised to see, a big name come over. I I think we should just focus yeah. on our rookies. And I hate to say it, but it's getting close to the end of the line for the Giants this year. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't is. know what to do. But I guess that we'll find out once the 31st. When's the trade line again? You said the 31st? Yeah, yeah, July 31st. So that's the, the non-waiver, uh, the non-waiver deadline. So. Yeah, it's just the, that's the that's what you want to do it. Otherwise, other guys can put blocks or all this stuff. So it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 
So I, I guess that that's it for for today. I hope you feel better. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, you know, allergies. Yeah, definitely are not fun. So um, hopefully tomorrow will be a better day for you. And uh, yeah, you can follow me at RFL Red Zone. And should I ask, do you have a Twitter account yet? Oh, man, you read my mind. I pulled it up right now. Yes, uh, I, I reopened my Twitter account. It was, it was saved from our last podcast, which is pretty funny. So it was nice <laughs> and ready. But, yeah, you guys can follow me. It's at Nico Sigona. It's M-E-I-K-O and then S-I-G-O-N-A. Uh, I just, uh, you know, all about sports on Twitter. So just the more we can do on Twitter, the more we can reach out and kind of get our, our tweets going and whatnot. You know, I, I'm all about it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you come across the, the podcast, rate and subscribe and five star it and do all that wonderful stuff and um it's uh thank you for listening and everybody we'll we'll see you next week all right partner thanks all right partner have a good have a good day uh week this week oh yeah you too partner thank you all right see ya Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.